0: yes 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 and welcome back to the fresh arsenal podcast with me your host pb and it's another little solo pod for you today we do have pets and others returning later in the week but so much has happened since we last spoke i thought it was best to to release some content, because if you're anything like me, you'll be lapping up any sort of Arsenal content after the most recent game. So I'm going to go through a bit of the Villa game, a bit of the bigger picture. But of course, we haven't spoke on this podcast since quite a few turns and twists have occurred. I mean, there was the whole Brentford debacle, poor performance, very poor performance from the officials, led to Lee Mason losing his job. Then the Man City game, thought we did really well in the first half, thought we just couldn't deal with Man City's press in the second half and ultimately there were openings for us and I think on another day we could win that game but things went against us and City were very ruthless. Um, A few days later, Arsenal training 2-1 at half-time. Looks like everything's slipping away. That would have been the fourth game in a row that Arsenal would have dropped points potentially. Three defeats in four in the league with City to go to Forest later that day. It felt like we wouldn't be talking about the title again this season, perhaps. And um, Arsenal incredibly poor in that first half. Just two shots. And whatever Arteta said at half-time really worked. I mean, Arsenal came out, did really well. I must say, I thought Villa were poor. I I didn't think they were great in the first half, even. I tweeted at half-time that It was so frustrating that we were so poor, mainly on the fact that Villa didn't look great and they were beating us 2-1. They were really efficient with their chances, two great finishes from Watkins and Coutinho, but Arsenal just weren't doing enough damage to a very average opposition. And if we actually want to win the Premier League, of course we need to win games like this. And, And Arsenal came back, were much more dominant in the second half Zinchenko got his first Premier League goal really well worked move and then the scenes at the end I mean Jorginho slash Emi Martinez written in the stars really for that goal to happen in the way it did after everything that Martinez has said over the last couple of years and and his actions on the day, time wasting from his first opportunity I mean excellent from Jorginho throughout and I'll touch a bit more on him later but when that goal went in I haven't celebrated like that for a long time thumped the, thumped the sofa in, in joy and relief um, yeah I mean it. it shows how much it still means when it seemed like it was slipping away and maybe Arsenal would be looking over their shoulders if they hadn't won this game and there is still threat, of course, from behind, but Arsenal have maintained enough of a gap, I think, to to not worry about that. And a few weeks ago I I said on this podcast what would be success for us and it's, it's for me, very much not being involved in top four discussion. Of course, from this position, we want to win the title and that would be an in- incredible achievement. I think there's still some very tough games to come. Arsenal have a really good run now where I think we need to build up a real cushion at the top of the table if we're going to see it through because when you get into April and May, we've got really tough looking away trips. So Arsenal need to to go on a good run now. But I think given our goal at the start of the season would have been a top four finish I still think that what we've got to make sure doesn't happen is that we are involved in any top four fight discussion or or race and had we not won that game I, I seriously think we would have been starting to be a consideration in that race particularly with the trajectory we were on I know people say you know we're, we were still top or but we didn't know that at the time. We thought City would probably go and comfortably beat Forest, And the trajectory Arsenal are on matters. I know we've got a lot of points still and we're still top of the the table. But you can't you can't lose. So we lost against Fellow, you can't lose three out of four Premier League games and draw the other one and expect to win this league. So a huge, huge moment for Arsenal. And I think I'm sure a lot of other people celebrated with similar passion and emotion to to myself when that went in it just felt like an ignition again to this 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 season which is is bringing us so much joy and this will be a no matter what happens this will be a really memorable moment I mean people look back on that well back late header against Leicester and it's still you know an emotional moment to watch but ultimately It didn't result in us winning the title or achieving anything significant. And if this season Arsenal do manage to go the whole distance, which obviously is still a a long, long way away. But if they do, this moment will live very, very long in Arsenal history. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Jorginho because he's a player who really divided opinion before joining on deadline day in January Um, but Arsenal knew they needed to do something in that position. They knew Partey's injury issues were likely to resurface and and whilst he had done pretty well this season in staying fit, what's happened more recently is he has picked up an injury. Looks to be short-term, but he missed a City game and of course missed this one against Villa as well. So Arsenal needed someone to come in and Whilst we lost the game against City, I thought Jorginho had a lot of bright moments and it was the same again against Villa. I thought he was really influential in this game. His speed of passing and and movement is probably what surprised me slightly because I know a lot of Chelsea fans who were frustrated at what they perceived as quite negative passing, lots of passing backwards, lots of slowing down of the play, but for me, unless he's been given complete different instructions under Arteta, he he feels like a tempo riser for this Arsenal team. He he takes in turns with speed, he bites in, you know, he can't cover ground uh, over distance very well at all. He is slow over distance for sure and Arsenal definitely lose something. I'm not arguing that Jorginho should start over party when he's fit, but Jorginho technically is is really up there and he really helps to unlock defences as well as retain the ball from a defensive point of view. I mean, at nil-nil, uh, sorry, at one-nil down, I think he puts a lovely through, through ball to White in this Villa game who sort of dinks it across and Mings just takes it off in Kettia's head, who's going to head it into an empty net. Jorginho opened up, carved open that opportunity in a half where Arsenal really didn't, their other players didn't really turn up. I mean, Erdegaard had a sensational second half, but not brilliant at all in the first. But Jorginho made that chance happen. For the Saka goal, he's the one who plays the ball again to White. White's cross-headed by Ming straight to Saka and goal. In the second half... um, Really good short corner routine to set up Zinchenko for the goal. But if you watch it back, it's Jorginho's pass to Saka, which leads to the corner, which leads to the goal. So again, Jorginho unlocking the opposition and he was really involved high up the pitch. He actually only had one less attacking third pass than Odegaard and Odegaard had the most on the pitch. So for a player playing at the base of the midfield, that's a really, really significant attacking impact on this team and if you compare it to Xhaka who of course plays a little bit further ahead in this system he actually had nine more attacking third passes than Xhaka as well so yeah Jorginho perhaps changing the narrative on him the fans loved his performance I mean those first two goals he had that influence in and of course the third goal it's a shame it won't be credited to him but it is his goal really with a with a touch of Emi Martinez's own goal um, magnificent effort from him sort of slices across it really nicely teed up by Martinelli who I think is looking better as an impact sub against Man City in the Cup he looks really really dangerous and in this game as well got um, not officially an assist but sort of for that And, of course, raced away with his fresh legs to tap it into an empty net at the end of the game. So, yeah, interesting to see what Arsenal do on that left side. But in terms of Jorginho, I think there'll be games where we will very clearly miss Partey if he's out and have to play Jorginho. I'm thinking Everton next week, in the middle of the week, very physical side. I know Partey wasn't brilliant against Everton at Goodison Park, but... I would maybe worry about Jorginho um, over 90 minutes in that game but I think there's lots of interesting things Arteta can now do because Granit Xhaka was one of our most consistent players in the first six months of the season was perhaps one of the best Premier League midfielders up until the World Cup but he has faded a bit. Uh, I think that's definitely fair to say and Arsenal's entire left side of the attack has been problematic for them. And yes, we scored four goals in this game, but ultimately we've scored one or or none in quite a few games in 2023. And the left side has really been impacted by missing Gabriel Jesus, who whilst he plays as a centre forward, was often, if you looked at his heat maps, he was often on that left side, combining with Martinelli. And no coincidence really that we saw Martinelli's best form best goal output when Jesus was in the side we also saw that for Xhaka of course Xhaka playing as the sort of left eight in our formation he had Jesus to bounce off Jesus to create those spaces and, and opportunities for Xhaka to then drift into and find that final pass or finish and and Xhaka's just not managed to really do that within Ketia in the team and it it's an interesting thing for Arteta to figure out. I mean, Enketia's been playing ninety minutes of every game really since Jesus got injured and I think we can really tell that in Enketia's performances of late and it feels like Arteta's maybe waiting for Jesus to come back and and then sort of make that switch. But um I'm not sure when Jesus will be back in this team. Still working back to full fitness, not back in full training at the time of recording this. And it feels to me with another three games coming up next week, if Ezus isn't gonna be able to start any of those, which looks unlikely, then I would certainly be thinking about something else to do through that middle. To to help the left side and just to help the team in general. I mean, Enkett's been praised for his sort of finishing and, and things but his it's like Jesus has been tracking below his XG this season so his expected goals are more than he's managed to actually finish so both of their f- actual finishing hasn't been prolific at all what Jesus does though is he, he brings a lot of expected assists, a lot of build up quality to the players around him so Arsenal really missing that at the moment and It just feels like that trio of Xhaka and Ketia, Martinelli or Trossard isn't quite clicking for Arsenal. And it's going to be interesting to see what Arteta does. I'd like to see Fabio Vieira get a start in that position. I think we've seen it. Towards the start of the game, when Xhaka got injured away at Wolves just before Christmas. Vieira came on. It was a brave substitution to make, I think, at 0-0 early on in the game. But Arsenal won that game fairly convincingly in the end with Vieira combining with Erdegaard. And some games I'll, I'll definitely understand the need for Xhaka to be a more supporting role to the to the Jorginho or Partey. But Arsenal have struggled against deeper blocks recently and I think Arteta may have to be brave and select a Vieira from the start in one of these games. We can't keep playing Xhaka for 90 minutes every game. We've started to see Vieira come off the bench, so I think that could be a change we see from the start at some point. Equally, we can't keep playing Nketi every minute. Can we try Martinelli? Can we try Trossard through the middle? We don't want to have to plug Jesus straight back in and make him play every minute like we've had to do with Eddie. We've got to manage these players and and keep them at the top of their form. So a big group of three games coming up then. We've got Leicester at 3pm on Saturday, Then we host Everton in midweek and then Bournemouth at the weekend at home. A real presentable opportunity for Arsenal to cement this bounce back from the Villa game. You know, no games easy in the Premier League. Leicester looked like they've got a lot of attacking quality back in their side. Caused United a lot of problems yesterday in that first half, got a lot of shots away at their goal. I could see a similar sort of game to the Villa game but with a bit more attacking threat from Leicester hopefully they're not as as clinical as Villa were but I think Arsenal will have to probably score one more than, than Leicester to win that game but again given their overall form this season and quality, that's a game Arsenal need to be winning and then the players will need to get revenge against Sean Dyche and Everton unfortunately we've not managed to play Lampard this season but it's going to be my, my first game at the Emirates for a couple of years, travelling up on Wednesday night to watch that Everton game. So I really hope that uh, Arsenal can find the key to unlock the Dice side that is going to try all the same sorts of things we saw at Goodison Park. But Arsenal would just really pour themselves that day at Goodison Park and they seem to always be that at that ground. So hopefully with uh, with the Emirates, myself in the crowd and... 60,000 others will be able to to make that very different looking game to what we saw a couple of weeks ago. And then we host Bournemouth, again, a team in a really bad position at the moment. At home, that's really a game we want to be winning. But what I want to see is Arteta is make the right tweaks to this team because we can't wait for the problems to come to us. It feels like we've made changes after bad results in recent weeks, but it's important we manage these players appropriately so that we're not overplaying them into the bad form and then having to take them out. You know, I, I feel like Shakuren and Ketia, for example, would be performing better had we not relied on them for 90 minutes every game in that January period and and sort of really relied on them there's the the impact on them and there's also the impact on their replacement so I think about Vieira he's had the odd cameo off the bench it's starting to become more regular but how ready is he going to be to come in and play 90 minutes himself because he's not had those opportunities very much we've got the Europa League that will be coming back in a few weeks and that may help keep that second 11 of players ready and uh, fit but Yeah, I don't want to see the exact same eleven in these three games from Arteta. So let's see what tweaks he's got up his sleeve. I think Xhaka and and Nketiah are players that, even in that second half, when pretty much every other Arsenal player turned it around, they still, for me, looked a little bit tired, looked like they were lacking. And and ultimately, other players came to the fore and, and won us that game. Those were some just really quick thoughts on the Villa game and some games coming up for Arsenal. Apologies, it's only been me this week and I we didn't get any content out last week and it was only me the time before, I believe. So we do have people coming back. We will have Pep back. He's been out on business um, over in Canada. So it's been quite tricky to line up the times for us both to be able to record, but had some good feedback on the last time I did this sort of solo pod from people. So really appreciate those messages to say that you would prefer this to no content, which is always good to hear so yeah, if you've made it this far again, really appreciate listening in and um, we will be working to get some guests on as well in future episodes, so yeah please stick with us, please subscribe to us if you haven't already, you can find us over at Fresh Arsenal Pod on Twitter I've been PB at Ollie Price Bates, if you have any more feedback or things you'd like to see Listen to. Please feel free to drop me a message. It's always good to hear uh, your thoughts to help us sort of grow this show this year. I've also got the newsletter com. Quickly touch on those power rankings because I email those out every week in the in the newsletter, and a lot of what I've said has been reflected in those power rankings, which is made up from a load of performance data, entry points, fan player ratings. All into an algorithm to sort of calculate the power ranking of the players. And the recent changes this week have seen Zinchenko up to third behind Erdegaard and Saka. His second half really turned that around for him and has moved him right up in influence for Arsenal. And as I just touched on, Xhaka and Nketiah really struggled in this game and in recent games and they've both dropped down a couple of positions I think to sort of ninth and tenth so both players who have been in the top five at at some stage this season so yeah they're definitely on the down in terms of their influence in this team which is what those power rankings look to to symbolize so if you're interested in that sort of stuff please give that a subscribe it's just one email per week can unsubscribe at any time Thank you very much for listening to the Fresh Arsenal podcast. We'll see you very soon. Network.